Hello again all and welcome to episode 9 of Meet the Farmers. Now for this podcast I travel to the Royal Welsh Showground in Powys in Mid Wales to attend the first day of the Royal Welsh Show, which for many people is the premier event of the agricultural calendar. It was actually my first time at the show and it rather blew me away just the sheer size of it all. It is absolutely enormous and there's so much going on and yeah, I had a really good day. Um, But the focus for this episode is actually all on young people in the countryside, younger farmers and younger stock handlers. So without further ado, let's start with some brief clips of some of the people who I met on the day. Uh, My name's Nick Jones and I'm from Bracken. I'm here with my Brett Knockhill trivia Rams and I do it just for fun and meeting people and and I enjoy coming up the show to see different sheep and different stock. Ellen, I'm from Cumbria. I'm helping my friend show cows, and we've got female junior champion. And I've come to the show for a good time with my friends. Cosmo Summerfield from near Ludlow. Uh, me and my brother Brody are here with our coloured islands. We've been for a couple of years now, and we like it because it's one of the most prestigious shows that we can go to where we are, and. It's a great time to catch up with other breeders, there being a few more days. Now, young farmers had a big presence at the show, and hundreds, if not thousands, of YFC members flocked to mid-Wales from across the country. This is me having a chance encounter with this year's Young Farmers chairman, Ed Ford. So I bumped into, believe it or not, former Meet the Farmers superstar, (laughs) Ed Ford. (laughs) And we're currently in the Young young Persons or Young People's? Young People's Village. Young People's Village. The YPV. There are tents pretty much as far as I can see. And we're just walking towards the tent with the main stage in it. Ed, you're here for the week. Yeah, I'm here until Thursday. Uh, it's my second year here. It is a great, great event. And um, Wales YFC put an awful lot of effort into it. And it's, it's, it's great that so many people come and support it. And there's so much going on here, farming or no farming. Yeah, and the show's not all about agriculture. It's, it, there's lots going on, there's shopping and all that sort of thing. And then the evening entertainment down here with the Radio 1 DJs is fun. It was quiet last night. We had about 1,000 people in, and then it will grow <laughs> to the last night where there'll be about four and a half, five thousand 5,000 in here. Following on from my wander around the YPV with Ed, I went to the Wales Young Farmers Club's HQ, which is at the showground itself, to chat to two YFC members, Shauna and Ellen, about what it's like to grow up and live in rural Wales. Part-time, that is, as they're both students in England at the moment. We reflected on a host of issues from rural services, the Brexit and mental health. I'm Shauna Davis. Um, I live just outside of Bilth, Wales, and um, I'm currently a student at Harper Adams University in Shropshire, studying agri-food marketing with business studies. Uh, and I'm Ellen Harvard, also from uh, Brecknock Federation of Young Farmers, but a bit further south from Sunnybridge. Um, I'm 20 and at the moment I'm studying biology at Oxford University. Uh, how long have you been members of Young Farmers for? Well, since we were 10 years old, since we could yeah. join <laughs> from yeah, the earliest yeah. of our... Since we were babies. Yeah, really, really, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Young Farmers is a huge, huge part of our yeah. lives yeah. and it has to be in, in rural communities mm-hmm. like ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the good things about Young Farmers is it develops people, but gradually and just naturally, and and there's no big jump ever Mm. from when you're 10 to 26. And I mean, that broad age range comes with so many different kinds of people in in any other walks of life. But Young Farmers tends to sort of bridge people together, and I I think that's really good. You just have so many mentors 
um, within the movement without really knowing that. Yeah. Obviously, you both decided to go down the uni route. Yeah. What other what other routes do you think there are in terms of accessing the industry? That's a difficult one because um, access for young people into the agriculture industry is a pretty hot topic at the minute, especially with Brexit. And um, I mean, there are paths. I mean, if, if you're from a family farm and you know you've got you know you're going to inherit it, then it's going to be a lot easier than somebody who's you know just hasn't grown up on a farm but is really interested because land is so expensive. What what other challenges would you say there are? Terms of just coping as a, as an early entrant. Um, in, in the industry, what are, what are the things that, that tend to hold people back? Well, as Sean says, I mean, I suppose it depends on the background of, mm. of the mm. individual person and all of the, the challenges that, that meet those people are just amplified now because of the uncertainty that surrounds the industry, particularly, obviously, with, with Brexit. <laughs> um, and so I think that's why there's just the need for a much stronger support system mm. with more definite goals and, and a real need and want to support people who want to enter this industry because, I mean, the people who want to enter the industry could diminish if, if things carry on as they are. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the B word um, because it's, yeah, it comes up all the time. Um, and I know that Wales, like all other parts of the country, actually were, were split. Um, yeah by Brexit. If you were both in charge, <laughs> oh uh, what kind of changes would you like to see? What, what, what kind of action would you like to see to make life better for young people in, Wales, in rural Wales? Well, I think one of the main parts is that trade deals are going to have to be sorted out nice and quickly. And they're saying, you know, no deal is a bad deal. And we've got this whole thing with America at the minute with the um, hormone beef and um, GM crops and I mean, if that's allowed to come into our country and, um, pe- you know, a consumer's going to be buying that, then where does that leave our industry? Because obviously that is going to be cheaper meat than what we produce here. So that is definitely one thing that I'm concerned as, as a farmer, because, you know, if people will buy cheaper, will they buy the cheap option or will they stick with our farmers and the Welsh farmers and buy Welsh meat? It's uncertain. Absolutely, and and every consumer will face that choice. And so, I mean, I I suppose you should think that, as an industry, we we face the the choice to an extent of of cheap and mass or or the quality product. But I I definitely think that um, the quality product is what we should be aiming for. Yeah, and and we should be proud of of what we produce. But as Sean had said, I mean, in in the short term trade and in the long term, trade deals are absolutely key because we depend on our product. I mean, we're nothing without it, so yeah. we can't go without those trade deals. Yeah, I suppose time time is the other one. Is mm, absolutely, this will take. It is going to take years. It is. Um, it's going to take years to come to any sort of agreement. It's going to take to actually yeah. come to any sort of decision, and then how that's going to shape how people live day to day and work day yeah. to day. Yeah. Turning to non-farming rural services and that kind of thing um, <laughs> what or lack of services <laughs> what's what's that like well yeah, we are hit, very rural the nail on the yeah. head <laughs> lack of off. services <laughs> absolutely I um, mean we're still waiting for signal let alone 5G yeah. or whatever's yeah. coming to we still don't have signal or broadband at home so <laughs> that would be great yeah. but um, yeah I mean when you have to drive half an hour to get to the nearest bus station and <laughs> I mean it's not ideal but you get used to it <laughs> so you just live with, yeah exactly you, you know the thing is you can't expect a bus service to come to Mythcanog no I mean that will do that one. Um, but it, I suppose it is just that 
obviously not just the kind of not, not just the little villages, but it's so important that um, the country doesn't, particularly after Brexit, now where there'll be a, a real need to focus on on making our economy a, a really mm. vibrant one, that we don't become too London centrified. Um, so I mean, uh, yeah, in terms of the, the countryside and also in terms of Wales. Um, our cities and our countryside, yeah, it's really important, I think, yeah. that all Equally, corners of, yeah. of the UK, that of yeah. Britain, are looked after. Yeah. Our business can't access broadband, and for us that's really bad, because we're running um, a holiday lets and units, and we need that to be able to, you know, contact customers and all that sort of thing. You know, it's really a vital part of our business. And if this country forgets about its rural roots, then I think it's in deep trouble. I think people completely undervalue the countryside and, and what it provides. I think social media is a massive influence. So we've got to, as an industry, be more proactive on the on Facebook, on Twitter, getting our messages yeah, out there. Yeah, because there are there are several key individuals yeah. out there who are amazing advocates and have great voices and mm-hmm. really active on Twitter. Yeah. But there's also that thing of how much we talking to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 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 How, exactly. how do you then lift that? Yeah. Even, even this podcast, to a certain extent, most of the listeners are either farmers or people connected exactly. to the industry. Yeah. How do we then lift that to the next mm-hmm. stage? What's the best thing about living in rural Wales? Oh, I just I, the peacefulness, and you're just at home, and that's where I'm comfortable. I love I love being at home. I love the countryside. I love being at home and being with animals and being with my family and. I think that's one of my favourite things. Absolutely, I, I'd agree. I think, I mean, I think to me the favourite thing should be feeling that you're doing something good and mm. doing something that helps every single person three times or more than that a day. Um, but it, it's, re- it's really sad, actually, that you just don't feel that value. Mm. You, I, you just don't feel that farmers are valued and that's why there's... It's just, I think there's just a bad air really in the industry at the moment. Isolation is, is a huge problem, mental health is a huge problem, and it's really worrying that the industry is just not valued as it should, mm. as it should be. Mental health is a really big one, actually. I it know is. It's, it is slowly, certainly the farming press yeah. have started yeah. in relatively recently, I would say in the last year or so, mm. um, started to grab hold of it yeah. as an issue and started to encourage people to open up. But it's not that easy, is it? No. It, it no. needs to happen on a community level. Um, yeah, I just really wonder what, what your take on it is. Yeah, I completely I completely agree with you. Mm. Um, but uh, it, it is good to see that it's it's becoming less of a taboo subject now. And, yeah. and people do want to reach out and help each other, and, and that's key. And I mean, we just can't underestimate how important things like the the livestock markets are, the yeah. shows like this. They're, they're just so, so key because they're the only occasion that some farmers will get out during the week um, if it's not to go down to the shop for bread or, yeah. or for fuel. Um, but no, I mean, it's good to talk, isn't it? And, yeah. and that's the message we need to exactly. get across. So what are your plans for the next few years? Well, for me, I'm going to be finishing uni. Well, I've got another three years in uni, so and I've got placement year and things to come, so that's exciting. Um, don't know the, what the future holds after that, but we'll get through these next three years first and then we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm in much the same kind of stage, same dilemma as Sean had really. Hopefully graduate in the next few years, um, all being well. And then, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a, it's just thinking about what next. And I think one of the big 
choices, big decisions really for us would be a city or country in yeah. the short term. Yeah. And it may be that we do have to go away for a few years, but I definitely know where I want to come back to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a really hard time, isn't it? And I remember when, so I went, went through that and mm, then went through yeah. all that. I, I lived in Bristol for a bit. And, yeah. Um, and sort of moved about. It does take time, doesn't it, to actually really sort of think yeah. what is it I want to do yeah. and then plot of some sort of plan through that and come up with some sort of plan. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's a real, it's, it's the reality of being young wherever you live. Yeah. I always know that eventually I want, I do want to go home. You know, that's, I, that's my favourite place in the world, so I can't imagine ever living anywhere else. But, well, I mean, the world is our oyster. We've got to go out and enjoy it while we can and really make the most of it and build on our careers and everything. And you've got to get out sometimes and experience the world. That was Meet the Farmers. I'm Ben Eagle, and thank you very much for listening. I really want to thank everyone who appeared on the show today, especially Shauna and Ellen for speaking to me, and also Ellen Williams at Wales YFC for organising it all. To play us out, here's a clip of the regimental band of the Royal Welsh who were playing on the day.